Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. My name is Caitlin and with me today are... Jake. Chris. And Ames. And we're here for episode 143? Whoa! Wow, dude. To discuss the Star Trek The Next Generation film First Contact, which is the second of four films in a series. The TNG series. The TNG series. Contact. Well, I gotta think about it. I've seen it twice. Hey, directed by Jonathan Frakes, who then went on to make some really stupid acting choices for himself, but I guess that's what happens (laughs) when you don't fucking self-edit, isn't it, Frakes? I like like Frakes. Listen, I'd bang him. It's fine. At least he has something to do in this movie. Oh, yeah. Unlike the women? Sorry, Caitlin. Unlike the women! (laughs) Oh, God. What was it? (laughs) Frasers! What was it? Something. Oh, uh, Ready Phaser. Ready Phaser! <laughs> okay, so uh, in this film, Picard's here in voices, and Ooh. surprise, surprise, it's the Borg. Q. And no, Borg. You're, oh, right. you're right, you're right. I wish it was the Q. Borg uh, not really, I don't back, know. And there's gonna be some trouble. Aya, Aya, resistance is futile. <laughs> yeah, fine. All right, we uh, obviously, this is improv. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the Borg are back, and uh, there's going to be some trouble, and instead of sending the Enterprise to Earth to face that shit head on, Admiral whoever the F is like, why don't you go hang out Ace. in the neutral zone and uh, make sure the, Kling- the not the Klingons, the Romulans don't cause any trouble. Totally should have been the Chev. I would have bought that. I was really hoping it was going to be the Chev. I'd be like, yeah, he'd be like, he would do that. He'd be like, you want some canapes? Yes. Here's some canapes. So, uh, while they're patrolling and Picard is not pleased and is being sassy about all the bullshit they've observed since they got there, they get a call and, uh, guess what? The Borg are fucking killing everybody. So Picard's like, hey guys, fuck these orders, am I right? And Data's like, I think I speak for all of us when I say, fuck yeah. And they go, (laughs) (laughs) that would have been a better one. Yum, that fucking line. Uh, what is that from again? <laughs> Discovery. Discovery. I don't remember. The, the girl, terrible. the girl with the mouth mouth clavicle says it. Oh, oh yeah. So anyway, so they go and they get there, and Picard uses his super Borg powers and is like, "Okay, everybody who's not dead, focus all your firepower on this one place, on the Borg cube." And they do, and the <laughs> Borg, yeah, and the Borg cube shits out a sphere that travels through time back to. April 4th, 9-2063. And the Enterprise is like, well, let's follow it. And they do. And they're like, April 4th, 2063. Oh no, they're here to disrupt first contact. We have to stop them. Because April 5th, 2063 is the day that Zaphod Cockring makes his first warp flight and uh, attracts the attention of the Vulcans, thus heralding into heralding humans into a peaceful future with, uh, you know, 
post-scarcity and warp and stuff. And the Vulcans still regret it to this day. Oh, almost certainly. Well, the fourth? I think it might be the people. fourth. I think the Borg traveled back like a day or two earlier. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I think mean, that's how I might be right. Okay. No, no. The but fifth, now, the fifth, but fifth, now I'm questioning my own notes. The no, fifth no. is first contact. Okay, yeah, the fifth, fifth is first contact. Yeah. Don't worry. These nerds got us yeah, covered. The whole, Thank the you. whole movie takes place over the course of like 12 hours. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty quick. So the Borg show up and start shooting shit and... Enterprise is like, oh no, so they beam down, and uh, they're on this search to find Zephram Cochran, because they know that, like, they need him to, to initiate first contact, or else, you know, the future... Alive. Yeah, Maybe. or else the future, as they know it, will be just completely borked. And, uh, or borged. Borked, much better. And, uh, come to find out, the heroic Zephram Cochran is, like, a belligerent drunk... Who, like, loves drinking and hates people. Dancing. He dances. He does. He dances. He likes jukebox tunes and, and getting Marina Sirtis yep. drunk. And tu- and feeling her up. He, he even Fonzie's a jukebox. He does. Which, which mm-hmm. is, uh... It's pretty impressive. It's amazing to think that, well, I guess it's not that far-fetched, right? Because it's 2019 now, and there are still jukeboxes. So it is feasible to me that jukeboxes will still be around in 2063. Not, anyway, also, you're, still in, you're still in Act after 1. After let's, let's keep going. War. Okay, um, so we're There's still in Act movie. 1. There's a lot so, of movie. There's a lot of movie here. So the Borg, everybody starts complaining that the ship is hot, and it yeah, turns out the Borg have set up shop in deck like 16 or something. No, they go up to 16 and stop. Am I right, 16? Mm. Near engineering, no, 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 right? That's where they start. That's where they start? Oh, they stop at 11. They stop at 11 because that's deflector control. Gotcha. Nailed it. Okay. This amp goes to 11. I'm honestly <laughs> just... Uh, is it louder than 10? <laughs> it's uh, one louder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed I'm remembering any of these numbers. So yeah, the Borg set up shop and Picard's like, uh-oh, Borg. And so... Gosh, it starts to get fuzzy here, guys. Um... I know that like it some people, some people stay on the planet to deal with Zephyrin, Zephyrin Cochran, played by the inimitable James Cromwell. And oh gosh, so they go to they find they find the ship, they find the the Phoenix, which is Zephyrin Cochran's ship, and they wind up like happening upon Zephyrin's girlfriend Lily. Assistant. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Whatever. Awesome. And uh, and uh, she has some like. Radiation, radiation poisoning. poisoning. Oh, that's what she had. So they, I was yeah. wondering why they had to bring her to sick bay. So they beam her up, and I thought she just she, passed out in general. Yeah, no, Data she, was nearby. Oh, well in the yellow, by the way. We got to move this along. Some movie. no, this movies are movie. double long. So anyway, I'm trying. I'm sorry. Double long. <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, so she gets beamed up, and. They have to, like, wake her up and move her because they're, like, having all kinds of systems failure and the Borgs and all this stuff. And they manage to, they being the Enterprise crew, they're like, all right, we've got some guns. Let's go check this out. Fuck up some Borgs. Led by Picard and Worf and Data. Data huh. turns Data turns off his uh, emotion chip for this, which is important. It's important. This is not an important detail. It's very important. <laughs> it's um, a hot detail. It's a hot detail. So, anyway, the fight... Breaks out between the Borg and the human beings, and Data gets captured, and pa- Picard's like, oh no, Data, they took my Data. We have successfully discussed the third scene of the movie. <laughs> the Borg <laughs> try to take over the ship, Picard stops them on Earth, they finish the Phoenix and have the warp flight the end. You missed the beautiful sex scene, Chris! We can talk the about really that super detail hot sex scene during the discussion! I watched it so many times this week! 
Oh my. Wow. Well, anyway, that's about right. That's what happens. Man. Chris just... Sorry, it was just taking so long. Chris just manned all over your side. I apologize, but my God, it was taking entirely too long. There's testosterone all over the table. It's disgusting and sticky. Double long. That's how it's Yes. Everything I said also happened. It did. It was just, yeah. I agree, though. It was I know, I was dragging. I apologize. That's okay. I just, I, the thing is, I didn't realize, like, usually what happens is, sorry to take more time, but if I know that I'm the one who's discussing, I'll, like, do a run-through with Chris on my way here. So mm. imagine, this is how that shit usually starts. Like, the really oh. horrible version you usually get is still the second try. No, you're so. usually pretty good. This was, uh, this, this one just, yeah, I feel I, like on the first try we get more sass, though, and I love the I sass. I think we got mired. I think there was a miring. I was just trying to remember the details. There's just too many details. That's right. That's right. I take notes. A lot of shit happens yeah, in notes. Short version. Jesus. Borg on the ship. Borg on board. Fix no, the phoenix. That's good. Get to space. Is that like Charles Vulcans. in charge? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Disintegrate Borg, the Borg queen. queen. Borg queen, Borg queen exists. Fucks Data. Trying, trying to get stuff out of Data. Data gets his... Gives Data weird... Do you think skin-gasms. they? Do you think they? Do you think they grafted skin onto his wiener? Yeah. I said that no, when we were watching. I have that same note. They totally gave him a human dick. Yeah, and they had and so much beautiful love. And whose dick was it? Like that's the thing. I'm that gonna, d- that I'm dead guy know. that Picard like, puts he, down, he Lynch, that, he, and rips the neuron thing. Did you out notice of. that he had a blue eye? Like mm-hmm. one, like his his eye on the skin part was blue, so they clearly just ripped some poor bastard's eye out and gave it to Data. Well, pretty much everybody lost at least one. Well, that's eye, true. They so. always take off an eye and replace it with some kind of. Which, like, how? It's, okay, so I know that like the idea of the Borg is that they're like improving upon. Have you seen some of the shit they do? You pointed this out. There was one person who had their fucking arm removed. To have a teeny tiny little arm, I mean, little like tiny that. little <laughs> fucking yeah, but if fork you, fingers. But if you need somebody who's got Maybe the fork fingers, he's giving hand for jobs to people with really small penises. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. I think Jonathan Frakes does his own work. Holy. <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, no. Clearly, that's for like very fine mechanical mm. work. Yeah, but... like every single one of them is practical more than anything. I mean, I bet the Vulcans love. The only thing about the Borg too, though, is that like they love Nazis. Even even though they seem like you know they would be really like they, I feel like the Borg should be more Cybermen like in appearance, right? more uniform. Yeah, because they they're more like. Like, there's whatever was lying around. Kinda. Yeah, they look like they're cobbled together of garbage. It's Wait, like, that's not a... Well, the Borg are? Aren't they supposed to be? Well, that's the thing, though. You'd think if they, like, they would they're have... They're supposed to be perfection. But know? they look like shit. They don't look very efficient. And I don't, no, it doesn't matter what they look like. The point is that they they do the things you need them to do. You're, you're, well, that's true. I guess as a drone, they don't, they don't you, believe you, in are, you are specifically perfection. designed for your yeah. one function. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Somewhere out there, there's a Borg with a plunger for a but hand. But whose just fucking to idea was it to toilets. put all these hoses on that, like, if you pull one, you die? Or... Seriously, that, that should just be how you deal with every Borg. Is just, just rip get the hose them. out. Because yeah, they look like they get snagged on shit super easy. You know, I, know, or gun gun. Seem, I was going to say, guns seem to work pretty well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, polygraphic guns, even. There is one thing say, I wanted to draw. Off. There's one thing that I really wanted to draw your attention to. So, as we know, um, Jake, put your penis away. I know, right? So, so first contact that they. <laughs> I don't know if they actually say it. I think they say it in the, in the movie. Uh, I don't know that they. They might not. It might have just been established in other canon. But the, the specific town in Montana is uh, is Bozeman, Montana. Yep. Which is the hometown of Brandon Braga, who is producers that i did not know um that's, that's why it is but it's also the namesake of one of our favorite ships in star trek the yep. uss excelsior Bozeman. oh right yes 
which, as we know from Star Trek Next Generation Cause and Effect, is captained by none other than Captain Morgan Bateson, played by Kelsey Grammer. In... Well, see, this is even longer than than. Well, yeah, this, than is this is a setup. This is a setup to a thing. He's like, no, this is good. <laughs> um, this is set up to a thing. So anyway, uh, there's a point during the battle when they're listening in on the on the Federation communications, and you hear the someone like Bozeman or something. Yeah. Like that. And then there's an acknowledgement. Now I had always heard rumors that they actually got Kelsey Grammer to record the announce the, the oh, acknowledgement. Oh no way. And I, I didn't hear these rumors, and I read three different books. I'd on always this. heard this rumor on mostly on like forums and stuff. Mm. But anyway, so I wanted to, to set it. I wanted to make it. Um, I wanted to settle it once and for all. I, I apologize, uh, audience. You won't be able to see this, but hopefully you can hear it. I turn the watch volume. Watch the movie. All the watch way. the fucking movie, everyone. But we will see. So this is the scene right here. Just hit play. See if you can identify the voice. I knew that's what you were going to have done. Yes. <laughs> no one is, Jake, I almost asked you. I almost said, did you just splice in? And you would have fucking shot me. Jake would have actually killed me. We would never see Caitlyn again. It's so perfect watching with the video, too. It really lines up nicely. Now, is this your own video, Jake? Or is this someone, something you found? No, I made this. We should uh, share it. It's Jake, amazing. I love you. Okay, you timed that perfectly. Of course he did. He's a fucking professional. Also, here's one thing that always kind of, like, just really did my nut in about that scene. I'm sorry, what? That that sort of older, like, blue shirt that's at one of the consoles, mm. I swear must have been Cromwell's stand-in, because he looks enough like him that oh, it's yeah, like... They just got... Well, yeah, they often will do that type of thing. Yeah, because it's just, you know... You know it's, it's, I don't need the computer. It always distracted me, because I feel I'm... like he just looks so much like him. I'm so glad I didn't say it, because I almost said... Oh, you almost oh, ruined another joke? Another joke. I literally God. almost said, oh, is this going to be... Oh, See, I'm, I'm really going to admit, I, I, I was thinking maybe you were just going to splice in a quick little, I'm listening. <laughs> so uh, that was... But now, now to be totally honest, though, it is, I'm pretty sure, there is an acknowledgement, and I am pretty sure it is Kelsey Grammer. I'm sure they would have, like, I'm sure I would have found that somewhere on Memory Alpha. Well, I would suggest finding the actual clip and listening to it. <laughs> um, That's right, when you said you were going to bring up a so clip, good. for a second I was like, oh, why don't you just bring up the movie itself? Because I'm dumb. I didn't mm. see where this was going yet. <laughs> no, but you sort of did. You you had an innate sense that <laughs> there was tomfoolery about... <sighs> so um, that, was, that was beautiful, Jake. Thank you. Yes, that was lovely. So, starting, I guess, from... Uh, the Enterprise E. The top. Oh. The Enterprise E. I Remind mean, that you, is towards where, the beginning. Where on your list does the Enterprise E fall? I'm not going to lie. I don't remember exactly, but it's pretty high up. It's, it's nice. It's one of I my like preferred ones. Yeah. You think they fixed the galaxy class with this thing? I mean, it's not better than the galaxy class. It's no constitution refit. No, 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 that's, no that's, that's, still... that's the cream of the crop. I actually, I quite like the uh, discovery tweak of the constitution. You yeah, that's just because they took elements from the uh, They took the, the stuff refit. I like from the refit and put it on the original, exactly. Which was Which basically means... the, the phase two Enterprise. Have you yeah. seen the, the, yeah, the, actually, the essentially phase two is, Enterprise? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I quite, I'm quite fond of the Sovereign class. Its its deflector dish is less hideous. It's more in proportion. It looks better from more angles. Love it or hate it, 
It's still an obsession. Love it or hate it. That is the question. If you love me, then <laughs> thank you. you. Um, and so. Yeah, I don't know. I quite like it. I also like the, the black accent marks yeah. on the... You know what I like is how they also didn't overkill the introduction of it. Like they yeah. didn't say the motion picture with the five and a half minute glory shot. Yeah, no, there's, there's... What are you talking about? That was totally necessary and awesome. I will it say... Just, it just flies in and you're like, oh, there, there it, it is. is. I will say me getting a nice screenshot of it for my article a real pain in the ass. <laughs> But yes, no, they don't overeat the pudding. It's it's a it's a very delightful ship. I yeah, like that. Yeah, they're not constantly like, oh man, we're on the Enterprise E now. E stands for Excelsior. <laughs> I thought it stood for ejaculate. Uh, and then you've got the the ships at the battle. Borg Because so like the uh, obviously they had the uh, ship design in the house. It was probably John Eves, but don't quote me. I read it all. I, I all go in one ear, out the other. Yeah, so I, I, it was like their main guys been designing their ships for fucking a dog's age, I think. But then all the other ones, they basically they went to ILM, who did the special effects, and said, all right, here's what the Enterprise is going to look like. Make some more ships for us. Yeah, just don't make them all look identical. Yeah, so ILM threw together, like, okay, shit. So they came up with the Akira class, which I absolutely adore. Uh, the yeah, I looked at them all. I didn't actually end up, like... It, it didn't sink in. And yeah. it was the Norway class. Norway class, the stream runner or steam runner class, which is really weird looking. But they're all just lovely little funny ships. Also, very blurry in the background, there's the Millennium Falcon. Yep, I saw, I saw a screenshot of that. I didn't see it in the actual movie, but I heard that it's there. There's yeah. also um, one thing that's all, that I always, even when I was a kid watching this movie, that I always noticed is that there's there are ships that don't get away from the explosion. There are, yeah, no. They just get swallowed up yep. and destroyed yep, when the board yeah. goes up. It's like, whoops. And, of course, no. the Defiant is there. There's a couple of Miranda classes. I don't think there's an Excelsior class, or if there was, I didn't notice it. All so, the Oberts so are on so, fire. So, thanks for mentioning the Defiant, right? So, the Defiant is a ship that we haven't, that we haven't seen because we're not watching in uh, chronological order. Right. We're watching in series order. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so the Defiant is a ship that is established on Deep Space Nine, and that yeah. is why Worf is on it. And Worf is on DS9 by this point, is that right? Yes. Okay. I know Voyager is in, like, season three three at this point mm-hmm. yeah so we got those two going on at the same time that you've also got this movie coming out yeah, but yeah they sent the defiant but uh only sent wharf from the regular cast and mm-hmm. special guest star adam scott yeah who was not a star at this time no like, no he was just a it's one of those things that in retrospect you're like it's that guy from from not the office the parks other one rec. parks and rec yeah but it's cool because he plays like a super nerd on Parks and Rec. It's yeah. perfect. And yeah. uh, it would make sense that he would be in Star Trek. Yeah. I remember they actually considered... Because I had a, a book that was like all kinds of concept art from Generations and... First Contact. First Contact. It might have actually even gone as far as Insurrection, but don't quote me. Hmm. But they also considered... <laughs> but I tore those parts out. They considered having like a huge... Instead of a Borg cube, having a big fuck off like Borg... Kind of an obelisk mm, shape, ooh. almost. What is um, an obelisk shaped like? A penis, like the ooh. yeah, the Washington Monument. But there, theirs was gonna have like a <laughs> a penis. Yeah, the the Washington. The, Monument. From what I recall, the picture was like it's a little wider, and the top was flat. Like it, it started to go up it towards the point, then the top was flat, and then the bottom also was kind of like indented and flat. And yeah, it had two instead of the Borg sphere coming out, the, there were two Borg spheres yep. at the base of it. <laughs> Accurate. Uh, obviously that that didn't happen they initially so for years there had been sort of a because before they made first contact there was the star trek chronology 
which I think I owned. And that was printed sometime, I think, I'm not even sure if TNG was over when the first edition came out. But it, it covered, you know, it had information from all the episodes and kind of filled in some stuff. But they had some, like, mock-ups of various ships that had been discussed but never seen. So this is where, like, the Daedalus class comes from originally. Because uh, they've been mentioned but never shown. And they also had Cochrane's warp ship, which they didn't give a name to because the time it didn't have one. Um, and because it had come from, like, sort of a semi-official source, these were effectively pseudo-canonical until this movie came out. But they originally actually did try to design the Phoenix to look like the warp ship that they'd come up with for the Star Trek chronology. But they just couldn't make the design they'd come up with work within the framework of, like, he built it out of a nuclear missile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is probably for the best, because the warp ship they designed was a little too fancy. Cool. So this movie, huh? Yeah, sorry. That was a lengthy aesthetics tangent. Well, it's a good thing you guys cut me off from my intro, because that was... I know, we just spent the next 20 minutes watching comedy video and talking about I'm also kidding I don't really mind I was taking too long and I was grateful to be uh, saved <laughs> um, it won't stop the hate mail we're gonna get I know from, from Chris can, can do some editing that's fair make, make a blooper reel of all that you just said <laughs> uh, so this is the first of uh, so yes Worf is now established as a, as a regular cast member on Deep Space Nine but you can't have a next generation movie Without Worf. Mm-hmm. So this right. this time I feel like they, they have a pretty good excuse to get him on board. It's like his ship gets blowed up. Mm-hmm. Although, Worf, we could use some help at tacticals. Like, what what about the guy that was running tactical until Worf got here? I mean, have you met shits. him? Yeah. Yep, accurate. I, I think he, that did was he just get fired? He got Borged, maybe. Maybe. So yeah, so they, there's, a, there's a reasonable excuse to getting Borg, uh, Borg, Worf involved. And Borg involved. Um, but of great. course, you know, we still know, we know that there's two more films in this series, so it'll be interesting, I think, to see why Worf is there. Worf is what? on vacation this week. Well, he <laughs> wanted to hang out with Data. Uh, well, we'll see, but from what I recall, in Nemesis it actually makes sense, but I think in Insurrection it is super controlled. Well, we're going to see that next week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this But movie. thank you for teasing us, Jake. Um, I don't know, I just think it's with funny. I just think it's funny teasing. that, like, you know, yes, you have to get the cast member involved even though okay, there's no there's no real reason for him to be there. No, because if he hadn't been there, maybe they could have given more to like Bev or Troy to do. Oh yeah, that's that's my major complaint with this movie. Because otherwise, like I fucking love this movie. I think, and I have to think about this more because I haven't thought about it enough. I think it might be my favorite of the Star Trek movies. Period. Like uh, of if the we're not of if, the original ten, if we're not or? counting Galaxy Quest, <laughs> we're not because mm. Galaxy Quest is perfection. Oh, it was my. But it's also not Star Trek. No, it's got it's got all the things I really like. You know, the big if 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 things I like were a pie chart, it's got this giant wedge that is Data. It's got this giant wedge over here that is Borg, and it's got this giant wedge over here that is time travel done fucking right. But what it doesn't have is all of the characters doing something like you know in Voyage Home. Voyage Home, every single character had a, a nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. Sulu's was cut a little bit, but that's fine. Uh, and they he's... knocked Walter out for his, so that was perfect. <laughs> so I, I don't but know. But here, I... yeah, yeah, it's so, it's less less so, even. So speaking of time travel, I originally read, or I read that the I read I have read that the original plot pitch for this movie was that when they got to Earth, basically in the past, they would discover that Zephyr Cochran had been killed in the attack. Was unconscious. Well, that and that um, that Picard himself would have to make the 
Phoenix flight. Yeah. I'm kind of glad they didn't do that. Yeah, I'm, I saw that too, and I think like the major thing that they realized was like, if you've got the Borg up there yeah. in the sky, mm. and Picard used to be a Borg, you want to put the two together... Like it, it wouldn't serve either of them well to have them be apart from each other. Even though you know Picard being Zephram Cochran is fun, it's also better to make Zephram Cochran a character, which was yeah. really great. Yeah, I really like James Cromwell. Yeah, he did a good job. He did a great job. Yeah, uh-huh. I think you know it, it was good casting. So I remember, I think we've talked about this before. They wanted Tom Hanks. That would have been. Not, you said they wanted. That Tom would not Hanks? have fit. You know what Tom Hanks was doing at the time? Wait, wait, wait. That thing you do. Yes, he was directing that thing. You. you do. Doing that thing. Like, Tom Hanks is is a good actor, don't get me wrong. And he's even done sort of a surly drunk before with the coach from uh, A League of Their Own. But it just would have been too distracting. I think It would have been like, hey, it's Tom Hanks in a Star Trek movie. Yeah. Yeah, James Cromwell was a good choice. I think, you know, at the time he wasn't a super well-known actor. No, he was super well-known. He had just won something for Babe. Oh, he was in Babe. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, but even then, I feel like big from Babe. I don't feel like he was as recognizable then as he is now. He, he's definitely well. That's he, true. But. He was definitely like the epitome of that guy. Yeah. For like, I think it really is only in the last maybe ten years that people reliably know who he is. Mm. Like even despite Babe, like people are like, oh yeah, that guy it's from the Babe. Yeah, but he's, uh, he's amazing in Six Feet. Yeah, he does a good job in Six Feet Under. Yeah, well, no, he's a great, versatile, like, the epitome of a character actor. And again, we've seen him several times on Trek already at this point, but under varying levels of makeup. Considerably older than the last time we saw uh, Zephyr Cochran. Well, to be fair, the, the, the cloud being that wanted to fuck him wanted to make him more fuckable. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he'd he'd been de-aged slightly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I loved one of his very, like, one of his lines was like, you know, I want to go, like, hang on a desert island somewhere. I'm like, well, we we can't get you a nice remote, like, like, tropical island, but we can get you this planet where you'll be the only person there and this cloud wants to fuck you. Does that work? Mm. He'd probably be super into that, to be fair. What I love in that scene is, like, when he's like, I want to be on a tropical island full of naked women. And he's all embarrassed, like, no, no, don't worry, Zeph. This is the one member of the Enterprise crew who's like, well, one of two, who's like, one of three, who would be like, yeah. Well, the no. other two being Jordy and Barkley. I would say that, I would say that, <laughs> given what we've seen of, 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 That's what I mean, of he's sexuality in, in the 24th century, I think everyone would be like, yeah, that sounds like a good thing. <laughs> I don't think anybody is super uh, bashful about, no, no, not about that, but I mean, nudity. No, not that, but I, just Riker, I feel like, would be very into it. Also, you'd think that that would be like, like, Riker could be like, hey, if you're feeling nervous about this thing, uh, once you get this warp thing perfected, let me tell you about Risa. <laughs> you Chris, said, uh, did I? You did. Next stop, Risa? You said, No, you said, you, when Riker was grinning, you said, let me tell you about a little place called Risa. Good for me. Here, have, borrow this Horgon. <laughs> you stick it up your butt. Oh, no. Anyway, I'm just going to start by talking about what the original pitch for this movie was. So they give they give Braga and Moore a movie, and they say, okay, we're going to do another one. And Berman says to them, here's what I want. I want to do time travel. And they're like, but we want to do the Borg. And they're like, hmm, what if... Poor Nolos does. Stick them in a blender and come out with this. And originally they wanted to put it in the Renaissance, and they would have the Borg go back in time and try <laughs> to prevent the 
renaissance from happening. And they would run into Da Vinci. They would. Data would become Leonardo da Vinci's apprentice. Uh, which sounds uh, incredibly idiotic, got... and I'm glad they didn't go there. Wow, my soul. They could have got him, they could have had him played by the same guy that played uh, Sam Clemens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just playing him as Sam Clemens. <laughs> I'm Leonardo da Vinci! Oh, I got this flying machine here! Oh god, they probably would have built his helicopter. Yep, although they certainly would have. That's a hideous idea. That's all. The plot of this movie, though, like, all right, let's talk about this real quick. Yes. The fucking what? What? Okay, we know. Let's let's just okay. What do we know about the Borg? The Borgs they whole assimilate. Thing, they assimilate, and and the purpose of assimilation is not to like get more drones because they we know that they have like little baby drawers full of drones. Oh mm-hmm. god. They assimilate because they want to add their your technological and biological distinctiveness to our own. It's even in, it's in their little speech. Yeah. yeah. It's in their mission statement. So pitch. what possible <laughs> advantage could there be to assimilating Earth at, at this time? They like, won't fight back. Yeah, but, it's, it's to prevent the rise of the Federation is when a huge the Feder- thorn in their the, ass. It's, it hasn't been, though. The only Picard th- knows their weakness, and they want to prevent Picard. No. I don't agree. I think... But I, you also have all these extra theories about the Borg, too, right? Like, I don't know, it just doesn't seem in line with their priorities. It just seems to me that they were doing it so that they could stop Earth from becoming, like, a big superpower. Yeah. So that they would be able to do their Borg thing unhindered. Yeah, for them to jump out of the Borg cube that is exploding and be like, fuck this, let's go back and make sure this doesn't happen again. Well, if that was their plan... Like if, if that they could have gone back and and, not, and made sure look you to state assimilated maybe or even or even just like you know if if the Borg have the option of going back in time and assimilating planets in the past why not just go back uh, when there isn't a fleet next when there year? isn't a fleet you know just point. go back in time then go to Earth there's not gonna be anyone there to stop well, here's, you here's the thing about the Borg sphere that we see is that it's got Borg Queen on it. And I think it's Borg Queen who's kind of making the choices because they added Borg Queen to this movie because sim- a simple zombie horde, whilst awesome in concept, be- started becoming really, really hard to write for because there's not there's no like one thing you can write about them except mm. that they exist and they will kill you. And they added this this central figure, this central Borg Queen figure as the like the focal point. And it, it's. I get the impression that it's her that makes the kind of decisions and that if she gets killed within the, in the explosion, bad things happen. Well, again, that's like... Um, Are there multiple Borg queens? Is I she think the that... Well, one? no. Like, why would... Is no. Like bees? I, I, my assumption would be that because the Borg queen that Lacutus knew did blow up that's at Wolf 359 or whatever. She said she got away. Well, She's, no, she said you think so third dimensionally. Which makes me think that there's like she's probably spread throughout the collective. I'm assuming. I'm see. Here's oh. my thing on the queen. I don't think the queen is a person. I got I the think... impression that she escaped three five nine by jumping back in time. Hmm. Maybe I guess, but I don't know. I my assumption has always been that the Borg Queen is whoever is the active one at any given time. Or yeah, it's like uh, you know, just like with uh, with bees, right? Yeah, so she eats the royal jelly. She's she becomes the royal the jelly. You become the queen. Yeah. So if so, like the the collective that was on the Enterprise in this movie, right? Because they're like most of the Borgs died when the yeah, when yeah. the cube when the sphere blew up. Yep. And then the cube, and then the sphere. Yeah, and then some of them beamed over the Enterprise and started assimilating the crew. Yeah. So most of the most of this Borg threat are po- po- uh, former crew members. Are yeah, I would say almost all of them. 
And then you have, you know, and then I would say that probably just it was some one of those crew people was like, okay, this is going to be our queen now. So like maybe whenever you have a, an isolated collective mm. like this, maybe maybe there's a queen that's created. Mm. But she that would explain why she was a disembodied voice at first, but and I... then had to be assembled in front of Data. Yeah, that assembly scene is fucking hot. Really? It, it took them five months to do that scene to all the all the CG in it. I mean, it holds up twenty two years later. So well done for a long time. My uh, my headcan, even though I know it's a different actress, my headcanon for this was that the Borg Queen was the first the woman that we see go into the Jeffrey's tube mm. and get assimilated at the beginning. Oh, I, It's not, I mean, it's a different actress, so it's But I also not, think but. we see her later in, like, a line of people to get further modified after the Borg Queen has shown up. Oh, maybe. But There's definitely a frazzled-looking ginger in zombie mm. mode yeah, later. They, had, they actually had very uh, only, like, 8 to 12 Borg actors throughout yeah. the whole movie. They, they would just swap out parts on and, ha- and like, to create the, uh, the impression that there were a lot of them. Because mm. Borg fucking makeup and costuming took for fucking well, ever. They also kind of redesigned them a lot. For they this. look great. Yeah, they look I like their little uh, their little cubbies with their Spencer gift uh, <laughs> yep. zippy zappy things on top. Yep. It's yep. like it's always funny when you see a thing on Star Trek. Like I kind of give the show a pass for budget reasons, but when they're doing a major motion picture and one of the most Prominent props is very clearly something you can buy at Spencer Gifts. Yeah. It's, uh, it does pull you out a little bit. A little bit. I didn't even notice it. What is this you're talking about? So, like, in their little, like, you know, the little wall cubbies that they hang out in. Yeah. Above them, there's this little, there's this round... It's the same thing Data's head was on, on his little table, with, like, the sparkly effect going on. Oh, it's one of those things that you, like, touch the ball. Yeah. Okay, yes, I know It's the flat Flat version of that. Yeah, okay. And it's very, it's very... Corny. I'm sure in 1997. Is that just called like an electricity ball or something? It's yeah. called a plasma. The ball one's called a plasma ball. Plasma I don't know ball. what the flat one. It might have a different name. Okay. Lightning disc. But yeah, it's it's or you know laser pointers taped to their face for the laser pointer scene. Yeah, but those still work. Yeah, no, that's. Because, I mean, the thing is, like, what's a what's a laser target but a laser pointer? You know, I mean, at the end of the day. What I do want to know why would they even have a laser target? Fucking Borgs. But uh, I do. There is that scene though where you know they burst into the room and they all—it's a dark room—and then they all the fucking lasers come on and it's creepy as Mm -hmm. fuck. Yeah. What the hell was that room? Why does the Enterprise just have a big, seemingly empty black room? That's where the dolphins used to be. R.I.P. The dolphins. dolphins. Oh God, is that what the dolphin in Johnny Mnemonic is? The Borg (laughs) dolphin. But yeah, so the other thing too about this movie, so we don't know, we don't really know how many crew were on the planet on Earth. No, but I'm, it's safe to assume I mean maybe twenty. Yeah, yeah. Jordy had a team doing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Reg was there being veg. Reg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that cameo. That was fun. Yeah, and yeah, there was so there was clearly you know a handful of people on the planet that the, that got scrubbed from history that they were even there. Like mm-hmm. there is at most a dozen living people that aren't Borgs on the ship. By the end, like they're all on the bridge, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean mm. that, like. Oh, you mean like when they evacuate? You think all that's left is? I think there's like 30 people left on the ship. A good amount the of end. escape pods are launched, though. I, no more than 
I'd say no more than a dozen. Isn't the E also smaller though? What's the what's the crew complement of the E? I don't know. Probably still probably a few hundred at least. My my belief here is that the basically the entire crew. So here's my question then. So at the end, we we defeat Borg Queen by melting all her organic material, jumping quickly to the end. And then breaking her neck. And snapping her. Which is evidently a single point of failure for the entire collective. If she dies, I was going to ask, what happened to the other ones? They showed them. The ones in the room fucking got uh, gassed against. Yeah, but even the ones that weren't gassed just like started zapping out and and falling down. Hmm. So I'm guessing that, again, it's like. There's a lot of convenient yeah, writing in this yeah. movie. Yeah, I think they had to wrap it up. And... This is like when you kill a vampire, all the other vampires die. Yeah, yeah, they all just die, which is which again, like, seems very unborg like to me because you'd think that, given that it's a collective, given that it's a you know, the queen just seems more like the mouthpiece to the whole affair. You think they wouldn't be 1970s Christmas tree lights? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. Like that. It I might guess. have something to do with their isolation. Maybe I would just assume that the system, because I don't know. I think of the Borg as being like a like a, a cluster, right? Mm. You know that like there's no just like with the ship when they when they even back in um, Q Who or whatever it was when they find the um, when they when Q sends them to the yeah when he meets the, they're like look that the whole the ship is clearly decentralized. You could destroy any one part of it and it would continue to function. And it's like oh, I assume that's how they all worked. So yeah. like like that if they killed the queen, the queen is kind of like the mouthpiece, is kind of like the embodiment of that collective. But if you kill her, someone else will just become the queen. Yeah, that would have been a better way to do it. But again, then you don't really end the movie by killing the queen. Well, she she's gonna die anyway because she's the baddie and she's fucking hot. Mm. And maybe if they can fight, figure out like, okay, what if we can save everybody who was assimilated? Mm. And maybe give maybe that gives Bev something to do for a while. I also found it interesting that Picard is evidently still at least part bored. It's very interesting. Like he's he can hear them, so it's he's, weird he's still that, connected to it's the collective. Weirdest to me that when he hears Data, because Data. Is he part of the Borg now? I think he was jacked in. I think. I think. I well, think he, he was, was jacked off. Yeah. Certainly, but I think jacked something. Yeah, maybe when he was banging the Borg Queen. <laughs> that's, that's, that's when that's, he, when Picard heard him. That's jacked. Like, data, data, no. Why was he? Yell, why was he thinking Captain when he was fucking the Borg Queen? Data's into some pinky shit. Okay, so the closest thing I can find is it may have had a crew complement about eight hundred eighty. So if we assume, I would say probably. Many um, dozens, hundreds are probably dead. Mm. Yeah. Good amount either way. Borg got a lot of them. Yeah. Um, So speaking of, this this is sort of, there are two related things. What a pain in the ass must it have been to get back all those escape pods? mm. And two, how did they land the Phoenix? Yeah. Water landing. In Montana? Big umbrella, uh, not umbrella. um, Parachute. Parachute. Yeah, parachute, thanks. Because that's something that didn't occur to me until, like, maybe in the last year or so. I was like, wait a fucking minute. How did that ship land? I mean, the, the freaking uh, SpaceX ships can land. Can they? No. The SpaceX rockets? Oh, that's right. That's they like their goal like to their, do, huh? That's like their big freaking yeah. selling point is that they can oh, reuse them. Oh, yeah, you can them. reuse them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe maybe it can just do a, a vertical landing. Not vertical. Or it, maybe it can somehow the, land the on The thing that's funny, though, is that when this movie was made in 1997, 
there was there were no 26. rockets that you could say yeah whatever. there was no rockets that you could land but it was it's 2063 in the movie I know um, so Trek. they probably they probably were like well we just won't show the landing yeah um, yeah that's you know that'll that but but I mean it's coffee like like today in 2019 there's a believable yeah. thing that could happen. I can kind of picture it that's like, so, uh, Dr. Cochran, how are we landing? Oh, well, Lily set up a shitload of pillows in a valley nearby. I'm aiming for that. Why was there room for, for Riker and Jordy on the... Well, I assume there were co-pilots They probably would have been killed. Lily, or Lily and somebody probably else. would have been one of them. Okay, okay. And yeah, there were a bunch of people killed in the complex. At least one of the others probably would have been there. But I always assume Lily was originally meant to be part what's of the What's interesting, flight. though, is what's going to happen when, you know, it's a big historic event when they say, oh, Cochran, you know, where, where are your co-pilots? Uh, uh, that guy. Yeah, They've Lily. gone to a better place. Yeah. That's all he needs to say. Well, yeah, I mean, certainly Lily can help him cover. Yeah. Yeah, because um, she's, she's seen some things now. Yeah. As always, Picard, love showing bitches space. Yeah. Apparently New Zealand is completely vaporized in World War Three. It's, it's also it's like, gone. I know that, you know, they must have had to give Lily and Cochran and presumably other people the talk about the Prime Directive, I guess. Mm. But you would think that they would like make a, like somebody would write a letter, seal it in an envelope and be like, open this in 300 years. And just in it says, the fucking Borg. (laughs) (laughs) And like, here's how to defeat them. You know, like, like that might have, might have been a good, a, a prudent move. The fucking Borg. Like they didn't have time to do that. They were all too busy jerking off about how great it was to meet a living legend. Mm, that's true. Oh, God. Yeah, that was a little... Uh... Jordy goes so overboard. I mean... You told him about the statue? <laughs> Have you Jordy, seen though, my he's eyes? Got, yeah, he's got those fancy eyes. Oh, I hated it. Every time they would focus in and he'd be like... <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, God, make it You know tough. what that effect was? They took video of a shower head rotating. Uh, oh, cool. Oh. That's neat. That is neat. You know what's oh. convenient, though? That I find convenient about planet-side planet stuff is that... The Vulcans totally don't notice the Enterprises there because they were hiding in the moon. Yeah, that makes yeah. no sense. Don't they like had a nice that. throwaway line real quick, like, uh, good thing mm-hmm. we were, uh, Stuff. Mm, fog. You know what it probably was, eh? Really, the Vulcans did detect them. They were just being really polite. Like, oh, let's pretend we didn't see them. <laughs> There's clearly some temporal shenanigans going on here. We're the Vulcans. The Vulcan science director has determined that time travel is impossible. So clearly this can't be happening. Hmm. So that was the Vulcan version of like sticking their fingers in their pointy ears and going la 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 yeah. la 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 la. Mm-hmm. Yeah, weather balloon. How far did Zephram go? Not, Not very far. far. Not yeah, very no, far. Earth is still pretty visible. Yeah, I was gonna say like if you're going, war- you know, about warp and then hit warp, you should still be pretty fucking far away. Yeah. But yet they spot the Enterprise is sitting right there. The Earth is only a little bit smaller. Well, no, they didn't see the Enterprise until after the. They saw the Enterprise before they went to warp. Yeah. But still, as you're approaching warp, you're still going fucking fast. That's true. But again, I don't know that warp is really a a thing that... It's not like you don't accelerate up to warp. I think you... Oh, you just just hit hit the hyperdrive kind of a thing? Yeah, that's why he went... But they did say approaching light speed at one point. Yeah, I think that might have been just a dumb line. Because I don't think... I like... Because if you if they were actually approaching light speed, they would probably die. Like I don't think you can go yeah. that fast. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's why you need warp. 
so that's the thing. For this to work, Zephram Cochran invented warp drive. Mm. Somebody else invented the inertial dampener. Mm, exactly. What does the inertial dampener do? It's what keeps you from getting smushed. Yeah, uh-huh. it's what keeps you from turning to paste. Yeah, okay. It's also actually how they sort of justify um, the crew getting thrown around dramatically during battles, is it's the inertial dampeners sort of trying and failing to keep everything steady. Oh, I kind of like that. that yeah. That's interesting. Okay. That so, actually works. Well, And while I like, you know, I, I definitely like uh, James Cromwell's performance and the and the characterization of Zephram Cochran. Like, it's all Reg's fault, you know. It's it's yes. Reg weirded him out. That's true. <laughs> One thing that just just about like the idea that Zephram Cochran is this like genius, like he the, the characterization that we got was more like a Rasmussen type mm. uh, character than like he didn't like he struck me as somebody that was like wandering around in in Montana like stumbled on this missile silo and there was a there was an actual team of scientists there they were like oh yeah we're building this warp ship and he's like warp ship eh and then they I'd sit all, on top of that they all died in the attack and then he's like well i guess i'll fly this thing then i mean i think what you can sort of justify it as is they say it's what 10 years after world war three mm-hmm. he was presumably a more straight laced he was a, he was an actual scientist person, well, and he then probably saw or was involved with some shit. Yeah, he was the a war just scientist during the war broke him, and that's why he's sort of the way he is, but can still actually do what he does. Oh, yeah, so, I love I love the hints of the world that we get that when when Lily's talking about you know what faction are you with, and it's like oh that's right you guys are still like reeling from this. Yeah, so there's a bit, so there's something called the Eastern Coalition. Mm-hmm. China. So I'm guessing, yeah, I'm guessing that's like some Asian... Originally, it was just going to be China. Yeah. Well, Eastern like, oh. Coalition sounds more like, you know, like the Axis powers or something, you know? Like, actually, it was just, um, at this point, Civil War's broken out again. It was actually Boston. Yes. Come over here and say that shit, Montana. We'll fuck you up, Cad. And, and like, Riker says at one point, like, oh, very few governments. Mm. I wonder what governments there are, if yeah. any. Like, yeah. is there a United States... Yeah, so yeah, this is this is uh yeah, this is some World War Three shit. Yeah. So I meant to bring this up earlier yeah. when we were on her specifically, but you know, I feel like I'm sure at the time it was coming, but even to this day I feel like people still sort of argue whether or not the Borg Queen was a good idea or not. Like some people are like, oh no, that fucked everything. Other people, are like, no, no, it makes perfect sense. And, then, and like obviously it makes sense again from a narrative perspective for this film to have sort of a centerpiece figure for mm-hmm. Picard to talk to and data to hit to on data. Yep. But just sort of divorced from that in the larger sense. Like, I've never been bothered by it. No, I'm not bothered by it at all. But I wonder if Daniels had dissenting opinions. No. I think her portrayal is fucking hot. Uh, I think she looks great. She looks damp all, all, at all times, which is really cool. It's it's such a it's such an unusual thing, because I, I, just, I just think she's fucking really, really cool. She's cool. I never thought she was hot. Mostly no, again, because of the whole... Always being damp thing. You know who? You know who really? Like towel off. No, who, who thought she was like the hottest character was Jonathan Frakes. Oh, okay. I was going to say Rick Berman. Oh, um, probably. But yeah, there was a comment that Jonathan Frakes said that was just like, yeah, she's just so fucking sexy. She's unusually sexy. It's like it should. She should not be, but she is. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't see it. But fair enough. I love the neck clamps. I, I don't know quite where I stand on the board queen. I do wish that they had maybe taken the night, if not. In this movie, than any time in the future, taking some time to explain what the Borg Queen actually is, mm. because I like the idea that it's like a the Borg from time to time need to talk to other things, and yeah. they, and it's 
sometimes easier to do that in a personified form. Which was kind of like their justification for Locutus originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was like he'd be an envoy. Yeah, but then she met Locutus. Yeah, I guess it so makes why more did you sense. Need two mouthpieces? Well, you could justify that as being like, hey, here's somebody you knew, versus here's a creepy damp woman. <laughs> Well, that's the other thing. I think they could have done that in this. If that's what they wanted to do with the Borg Queen, I think they could have done it in this movie by, like, they they show a a flash of her, that Mm. actor, with Locutus. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wish that they, you know, didn't make that so explicit that it was literally her. Yeah, as opposed to, like, a... Like presence. yeah, presence. Like if if you were always there, was like oh, you are the voice that's in the head yeah. of the board. I don't think they were. Sit- I don't think they were sit- thinking so figuratively. I, I think, think they. they, they were, I think they. I think, I think they. I think they dumbed it down. Times. I think that's what they should have done, and I think that maybe they would have done that. And I think that like I think Ronald Moore would have done that. Yeah. Here's the thing: like they're also like with these movies, they have to also appeal to people who haven't watched the show. Yeah. So they had to like they added in the the Picard flashback dream at the beginning to explain what they were going to see. I I assume it still worked well enough that people would understand. Like, yep, this is their captain guy. He happened to be a Borg once. But we're following you. But you know they have to like make sure that people who you know don't have all the nuances know what the fuck is going on when there's a lot of fucking information yeah. going on. And that's the thing, even like, even though I hadn't seen a lot of TNG as a kid, I had sort of, if I hadn't seen Best of Both Worlds, I knew the gist, I knew the importance of the board to Picard and all that, so yeah, I, I wasn't you, going in completely blind. If you know, like, five facts about Star Trek, yeah. one of them mm. is that Picard used to be a board. In fact, I think the first time you showed me first contact was before i'd seen best of both worlds and i was just like yeah this seems right speaking of borg queen though apparently um she had to wear these like (laughs) going back to an old favorite these silver contact lenses (laughs) no uh that you could only wear for four minutes at a time because they were so painful so i feel very sorry for that actress and when her she had her first suit her first one piece rubber suit that gave her all these um uh what word was it they gave her all these tits yes uh, blisters, that's the word. They oh, gave her all Jesus. these blisters, so they had to swap it out of the suit, make a new suit, like, really super quick, out of a, out of a light foam. Hmm. Still looked great. Poor bitch. Yeah. Yeah. And as mentioned, the, uh, yeah, the, she's got the Terminator skull thing going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I like the way the, it's sort of like, you can tell that they've, like, pulled the skin taut, mm. and it's got all this, it's, it's really, really creepy looking, and the makeup's great. Oh yeah, everything looks looks. And like awesome. you said, she's just like perennially. Damp. No, okay, the white cat has become feist. We're getting yeah, rid of the white cat. She looks slimy. Come here, buddy. There you go. Now that's the thing, though. So she appeared to be a like a shoulder and a head, a and, spine, and a spine just hanging down. And she fucks data. Does she have a vagina? Little she, hatch, she, can, but... she can she can have whatever she wants. Did she just take a vagina from one of the other oh, God. Enterprise crew people that, that... Ew. Uh no, yeah, they, they she just she found one of Jordy's flashlights. You know what I, no. You know what actually bothered me just a tiny bit? Because, you know, they give they give data some skin. Fucking hot. And and she blows on it. And it's like she doesn't have fucking lungs. How what? How? What? How? I don't fucking know. I just thought the uh the effect of him getting goosebumps was awesome. Yeah, that was oh, yeah. done really well. 
that's like one of the best and because like you know we talk about some of these things have aged really well some of them have aged really badly that thing seemed really 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 good for 1996 mm. brent was acting his ass off and he looked fucking awesome yeah no he like was, every he was every little hot. every little orgasm noise he makes i'm just like oh my god yeah, there's lots of. <laughs> so amusing, turned my emotion chip on. Amusingly, using looking, my butthole. Looking. <laughs> wow, it's usually Jake's That's line. where they keep the emotion chip. I thought. Uh, you looking up, the actress that played the board queen, Alex, yeah, yeah. Alice Krieg, she once appeared in an episode of Murder She Wrote as a character named Nita Cochran. Yeah. Although it doesn't have an E at the end. Yeah, I need a Cochrane. Hey. Hey. <laughs> um, also, of course, two years after this, Patrick Stewart would actually play Captain Ahab in a made-for-I-think-TNT adaptation of Moby Dick. Mm. I did love the confrontation between him and Worf and then him and Lily. Well, yeah, it was so much, scene. So much angry Picard and mm-hmm. breaking things and yelling at people. So we, Breaking we, down. We, we talked about James Cromwell. What do we think of uh, Alfred Woodard as a... Uh... Oh, she's great. Oh, yeah, no, she's she's great. amazing. You yeah, know, it's good she that they got someone like... Because they had to get someone who could... Believably square off against yeah. John, Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah, and it, like... Like, and I she was that... good friends with Frakes, too. Oh, I didn't know Oh, really? Yeah. But yeah, like that, like, because most of their scenes, you go, yeah, fine, this could have been almost anyone, but it's it's the square off. He's like, yeah, you, know, you needed someone who could approach his level. Yeah. Of acting. Yeah. I, um, I specifically wrote down, work. I wrote down, Picard and Worf are fighting and I'm here for it. Dot, dot, dot. Picard and Lily are fighting and I'm also here for this. Yeah. What's interesting though, like, is, is, you know, because they cast this show in 1987 or 1986 when they, you know, when they uh, created the show. And I don't think anyone's going to be handing out any acting awards to Gates McFadden or, or Marina Sirs. Well, who knows? They barely let them do anything. Well, that's also true. Troy um, got to get drunk. Yeah. Oh God, that was that was kind of a cringy drunk yeah, scene. Yeah, poor Troy. Um, but like you know, I I love them both. I'm not you know shitting on them. But like, it's interesting when we get to the movies where they end up, you know, hiring like casting these incredible, like actresses. really good actors in these guest, you know, yeah. you call them guest roles. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Your 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 performance in contrast to the regular cast. And I didn't mean to shit on Marina and Gates. I mean, they get a pl- the same comment applies to most of the male cast members as well that uh compared to the the guest cast uh they don't really hold up too well you know who had a brief a brief guest spot that i fucking i love so fucking much is he is the uh, emergency medical hologram oh yeah i love him with like every fiber oh, yeah, of my Robert being Ricardo, he's great he's he magical great. like and he and he's the one that asked to have this cameo he says he says to them like yeah you you're doing a, a Star Trek on the Enterprise E you know what an Enterprise E would have is, a, is an EMH yeah. did he really that's yeah. so ballsy he specifically I love that. says like it would totally have one I love and that. it would and I think it, yeah. you know, it was used well it was used you know it was a good it joke yeah one you know there were a couple cameos you know there was Barkley Ethan Phillips uncredited oh that's un- right uncredited He's the Mater as there. the Mater D he plays Neelix on Voyager. He's the um, um the uh, D. yeah he's the Mater D at the in the hologram bar Ugh. yeah the one the two board kind of yeah. scan his head and it flickers okay that I, was cool I remember that that was cool there um, were a lot of really like surprisingly good effects in this film yeah yeah apparently Ethan Phillips like specifically said to uncredit him to, to not credit him so that people would always be wondering. Was that Neelix? <laughs> what? Why would? Because he's a weird guy. <laughs> but it's obviously him. 
I don't think anyone was like, whoa, wow, that's shocking that it's him. <laughs> well, I didn't that, know, but that's just... I know, but you don't watch Voyagers. Not so. yet. Um, You've seen his face. I don't think it can, unfortunately. Under a lot of makeup. And we did get a little... His fucking awful uh, penis nose. A little Nurse Ogawa. Yeah, she's a normal sized nurse Ogawa. Oh, we also got a we also got a new uh, well new you know uh, one, the one day temp Lieutenant Hawk. Hawk. Yeah, Hawk. Uh, he was good. Neil, Mac- Neil McDonald. Neil I like McDonough, him. McDonough. 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 Does he bite it? He does. Right. He, does. he, he gets, gets more he gets gets, while he's on. He the, does. Uh, the, he does the body. Mm-hmm. And the head turn yeah. to reveal that yeah, he is yeah, yeah. borged. Yeah, good, good from the uh, inside out. Good, good dramatic borging there. Man, I love that scene on the um, the, so the on uh, the deflector, on the deflector. Like it's weirdly, it's, it's, so, it's so tense. A, it's such a long scene. Like I wrote in my mm. notes, like this is like five minutes of watching them punch in codes and twist the but thing. But it's like oh, the it's so is it's tense. riveting the whole yeah, time. No, it's, what's what's exactly that? When, not, that's when like, it's, like so, it's, it's so slow. It's moving. not super actiony. It's it's like. Compare this to like the fucking bridge fight from Generations, where it's just like let's just punch, punch and punch and fight, fight, oh, bridge, yeah. bridge, bridge. Yeah, and it's like let's fall off this bridge. There was so much more tension in that scene. It was well, and you know, it really gets a lot more boring to the core of like what can really make the Borg so <laughs> threatening is that. They don't attack you. They weren't that concerned about no. it, you know. Like there's like, uh, get, send Fred to deal with those assholes. We're building this thing. Yeah, they don't attack you unless they think you're a threat. Yeah. If they're not attacking you, you should feel worse. Mm. I, I love how I love how Picard when they're there, he's like, "Be careful, you don't shoot the dish." Yeah. Because you know it's filled with anti-protons and will blow up the ship. And then the first thing he does when there's a board walking towards him is shoot the fucking dish. <laughs> <laughs> Just do as I say, not as I do. I, I will say, like, I could have done without assimilate this. I thought the same But you thing. know they just did that so they could have it in the trailer. Oh, yeah. Mm. Which good, they did. Good soundbite. Like it you was do. in every version of the trailer, I'm pretty sure. It was a pretty lame line, though. That's something you could have filmed and then not actually put in the final film. Is it better than when Lily first looks at him and he just automatically says, I am a Klingon? Thank, thanks, Worf. I thought that. I thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah funny. it felt does very. He, it felt Worf. Does he say that to all the girls? <laughs> he says it all to all the, the ones all, that have never all seen the twenty first century people he meets, which is a lot. Which is just weirdly a lot. Mm-hmm. Did he say the same thing in the neutral zone? <laughs> Man. Yeah. Oh, okay. This scene. So going back to the the Neelix scene, uh, the the holiday. In the holiday? Scene, that scene has pissed me off. Why? From the day this movie came out. Yeah. How come? Is it because of the, the where did the costumes come where from? Where did the fucking I, costumes come yes, from? Yes, fucking exactly. We just saw in Generations when they were playing on their little <laughs> boat with Worf and going for a swim that they brought their own costumes in because they yep. wear the costumes out. Yeah, and now you can just program the costumes to appear. And like, er, it's not just like er. it's like I would okay. Maybe it would be one thing if there was like a when hol- did they have time to change? God fucking. Would there be like a track. holographic <laughs> shell on them that is the costume? But then again, but like Lily was wearing like a dress that had a cut but her regular clothes were like not didn't yeah, have a, she cut. Had like a like, turtleneck yeah so and there's no way it's holographic like, skin well right so like is it on top of her is there are these all like giant avatars of <laughs> yes, them in the yes, holodeck exactly what it is <laughs> that are just Listen, like the, 10% larger than their normal selves the fucking holodeck created life for Christ's sakes we really this hung up about I'm this re- detail? it really bothers me because every time we go into the holodeck 
you have to, they change their clothes. And if yeah. they leave the holodeck unexpectedly, such as, you know, Amargosa blows up or, or yeah. Renee is on fire, <laughs> then, um, <laughs> then, then they, like, can you imagine, like, I hate when Renee ruins outings by being on fire. Like, I like to imagine, I know, I know I just, it was like a written letter about Renee. Stupid bowl cut. Well, I like to, I like to imagine, oh God. I'd imagine that, like, I know it was a, um, I know it was a written letter that that gave Picard the news, but I like to imagine that, like, it was it was his his brother's wife that called, and mm-hmm. like, you know, he went and took the call in his ready room, and he was still in his fucking costume from the holodeck, and she's like, "Yeah, your your bro and, and nephew are dead." She's actually literally calling the other smoldering ruins of the house. They're still in the background. <sighs> Um, you can actually see the firemen there still just kind of trying to stomp that, that the is how they fight so they fires in France you know, they, they just no, I meant to say this last last week Fuck and, and I forgot to I, I forgot to say this last week and I want to say it now since we're on this they'd be alive if Robert wasn't a Luddite that's true they'd have like a fucking sprinkler system there is no way they do not have fireproof houses in the 24th century so, well done, Robert. Anyway, sorry, back to wow, the Wow, way to blame the victim. Damn. Yeah, Robert's kind of a dick. Oh, I mean, yes. And Renee likes playing with fire. Anywho, back <sighs> to back true. to this movie. Um, yes. Yeah, so yeah, that holodeck scene has always bugged me. And then, like, so, like, either, either it is some kind of magic that mm-hmm. has yet to be explained, or they duck into the holodeck, change into period clothes. Repl- Very quickly. Replicated clothes? I guess so. So they're actual physical clothes? Uh, yeah. So that they don't just vanish off of them when yeah, right. they're Right, and, and then the holodeck shuts down. And you're naked? They, that would have made naked, for an interesting Or they, do they have to... Like, I really... I other so, they, so the reason for that scene to exist is so Picard can flip out, shoot the Borg with a Tommy gun, which mm-hmm. the Borg are apparently vulnerable to. Somebody should tell that to the rest of the Federation. Yeah, that's that's very true. The fact that they keep using their fucking phaser rifles and shit yeah, like does think, not work. Well, Maybe like, they could adapt to hard light weapons eventually. Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, like a knife in the throat. Well, How do you yeah, adapt they, to that? Thing, like Worf, Worf <laughs> slices don't. slices one of them up with a with his with no, his Maclef. Oh yeah, his Maclef. That's the thing. Yeah. The board don't really do long range attacks. You really could just. Have everyone in the Starfleet learn, you know, fucking space fencing and... Sulu's there. He's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like the Borg seem to be vulnerable to things like that. Yeah. Oh, another thing I noticed. Have we ever seen... One thing that I noticed the Borg do is there's that one dude when they're on the first assault to engineering. One of the Borg, like... Yeah! Shoots something into... Oh, the, the little the little, the little, little hoses. Yeah. And then the guy immediately starts Borgifying. And yeah. it's like, oh, shit! Well, I think that's just sort of a hey, we have money now version of what they did to Picard. Because when they took him, one of the Borg did like press their little mechano arm up against his neck. See, I assume that was just like making him pass arm. out. I thought that was just like an anesthetic. I think that was probably the idea at the time. Yeah. You can totally have it retconned. It's just like, yeah, no, no, like they were putting the nanites Yeah, they in. definitely wanted to play with, you know, you got a big movie budget. You can do this kind of shit. And also, I, I know like the might makeup people said that they wanted to go with a, you are Borgified from the inside out, not the outside in idea. Mm. But yeah, you so you even though you borgify, you I still like this word. they still have to put on all of your parts. Yeah, your diddly like, They show people getting like pimped out. Picard out. Picard got lucky because uh, they just slipped something over his existing arm, whereas a lot of I'm these sure. folks had their arm chopped off first. Yeah. I'm assuming. Uh, I, I, I like to imagine that um, they used a they used a one arm actor that, on, that the, on the dish when Worf chops the, his arm uh, off. Exhibit cool. is the guy that's. Uh, 
that's like doing the Borg upgrades now. There's like, oh, yo, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you like laser pointers. <laughs> yo, dog. I heard you liked tiny hands. <laughs> Yeah, the Borg do not like. They are an aesthetic nightmare. They, they are. It's but, but that's they, their point. Yeah. yeah. You just look at them; they don't make sense. They're horrible. They're a twisted mass of awful. They're they're zombies, but yeah. mechanical zombies. So here's the thing: is the Borg Queen pulling the same gambit with Data that Lore pulled with Data in Descent? Isn't it nice to have emotions? Well, Isn't it nice, nice to, to be, be to, to be have more, skin. to be more human like? Like it, the whole like it's it's like Data's it seems like Data's Achilles heel is somebody trying manipulating him by promising him that he will uh get get, how, more get, human. get closer to being How does human? she yep. even know he wants to be a real boy? Maybe Lore told her, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe Locutus told her. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that would make sense. Um, and also, they've at this point assimilated how many Enterprise crew, and they all know he wants to be a real boy. That's fair. Mm. I hadn't thought about that. They all, they've all watched him play in the fucking Tempest on the on the in the theater every week. That was a warning from one of the drones. For the love of God, do not indulge his Shakespeare fascination, <laughs> please. You know, that's the thing, right? So, as much as Picard always knows what the Borg are planning. He's a better empath now than Troy. Yeah, but, but the, only Borg, Borg. the Borg should also know him just as well, don't mm, you think? You'd think. Like, you know, that that's that I mean, that's how they won at Wolf 359 was because they just figured out, oh, this is exactly how the Federation works, because Picard's here now and told us. I mean, I think to an extent though, they kind of were doing that. Because it really only things only worked out because Data pulled one over on the board queen. Not that Picard fooled Data's getting much, much better at lying. Which she said. Which is great. It was perfect. He just leaned into it and was like, I'm just going to fuck you and then lie to you. I'm a man now. I'm more human than ever. (laughs) I'm a man now, Tanta. Oh, God. (laughs) God, That's depressing, but true. Yeah. I still still ship them so hard. Mm. Just, you I don't just, have to. They did it. I it just, was there. I just want someone to give her a towel first. <laughs> I like. I like how. I like how Data admits at the end. Oh yeah. How that he only lasted six point six seconds or something. No, he okay. says that he was tempted for. Yeah. Jake's making a joke. Oh. Oh, I see what you. I see. Good one. Jake's yes. just one, making Jake. a joke. I mean, it had been Bonk. seven years. Good. Something minutes, eight minutes, eight minutes, and some some amount of and hours, an odd number of seconds, or whatever the fuck. Um, Who was that? Was that about Picard or Kirk? That's about Kirk. Yeah, because we used to get that all the time, right? One of Kirk's conquests. It was one specific woman. I can't remember who. Oh, I thought it happened more than once. It did happen more than once. It did? Oh, Jesus. In TOS, yes, it did. Okay, thank you. I thought so. I feel like it's like a a theme. There's one in particular I remember then. Yeah, there was the lawyer one. That's what I'm thinking of, yeah. And there was another one. Okay. Because I think we commented, like, they're always an odd number of days, never an even. I like. I do love that we get the kind of reference to Yar. Mm-hmm. Data always hearts Yar. Yeah. But well, Data was... really hasn't laid pipes since Yar. That's... Yeah. Apparently, he never banged that that girl who was super into him that one time. Yeah. Well. Yeah. She was. Uh, that was for the best. That nice. relationship was doomed yeah. to fail. No, that's true. Surprised he, the the robot fucker didn't convince him mm. from Ensigns of Command. Yeah. She was. <laughs> she Hot w- to trot. She wanted some for sure. 
Everybody wants that, a piece so of that the action. That science teacher lady from uh, thine own self. <laughs> but see, oh, you he, are an ice man. Ice men have large phalluses. Here's the thing: he doesn't remember being Jason or that, whatever. Jayden. So Jaden. So maybe he did. Quite possible. Yikes! Mm-hmm. Quite nice. possible. He would never cheat on his love. Or maybe, maybe, but he didn't know who he was at that point. No, I know. Anything. Just saying, they may, they might have fucked. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, uh, what else? Anything I have, else? I have one interest? more important note, and that oh, well, I have one. I'm sorry, I have one really important. Note. Okay, okay. This is this is more frivolous than your important. But note, this is a frivolous one, but go on. Why is Jordy wearing sunglasses? It's, oh, it's sunny out. So that the he has fake eyes. So you don't want the gl- you don't want the glare. I'm sure you can adjust the levels. So presumably they're telling as few people as possible the truth about themselves. Yeah, no one's gonna notice. Like, where did like. 30 extra people show up, all with, like, future technology. They, and knowing exactly they, what all the schematics of our ship came are. came by from, um, they, they, they traveled from Kansas, from a slightly less destroyed Boise. Why did Bar- Barkley just take apart my still? Because they need, oh, that is what that was from! <laughs> Cochran must have been pissed! I know! <laughs> oh, is that the joke Yeah, because they, they even show a still at one point, and that is exactly what that is. Barkley stole that from the still. Oh my god. That's appropriate. I never would have guessed that. That's great. Number of times I've seen this movie and I never made that connection. Uh, But yeah, no, so presumably it was just like, make sure they don't see your mechano eyes. Maybe, yeah. Sorry. So the the note I had is that they they cut an element of the set that would have been in the ready room and and used the big Livingston? Livingston. They were going to have have a big circular tank for him because, you know, new, new ship, new tank for Livingston. I assume Livingston survived the crash. Good. I don't know. That makes me happy. But they would have at least had a big fish tank for mm. either Livingston or Livingston 2. Livingston. <laughs> but they cut that. I don't know why they cut that. They had to spend all their money on their Spencer's uh, plasma mm, balls. You no, all the, all the continuity with the fish was going to drive them crazy. <laughs> that too. What I, what I found interesting about the sets, right? So they, they obviously did build some new sets. Mm-hmm. Engineering was brand new. Yep. The bridge looked pretty new. Mm-hmm. The conference room looked like a redress of the conference room. Yeah, it probably was. And the and the, the sick bay, which only did feature in one brief scene, was very clearly a redress, a very light redress of yes. the Voyager sick ha. bay, yes, which it itself was. was a redress of the te- next generation sick bay. Nice. So you really, use, you use what you've got and save got, a lot of money for it. I guess so. Maybe they just they've done you know decades of research and found this is the optimal layout yeah. for a sick bay. You know how they saved lots and lots of money doing the missile silo. Shooting? By shooting really using missile. an actual yeah, missile yeah, silo. I it was a silo. They were in... Where the fuck did I write this down? Bozeman, Montana. There it is. The, it was the title missile museum in Arizona. Yeah, because at the end, in the credits, is a whole thing, you know, thanks to the U.S. military and this missile museum and this and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but speaking of the, the, new, the new Enterprise, the Enterprise E, I noticed something, because I do not usually notice the new things, but I noticed I hate the bridge. Because all the all the stations are just scattered around like desks in a Montessori classroom. It's a little too wide. And it's I got... just imagined everyone was like doing finger painting at their desks and looking up at the teacher. I'm like, oh my god, fuck this. Yeah, no, I will admit it's got the same problem that actually the Discovery bridges have. Is that mm. they're just they're like, oh, we're wide screens. We have a really wide bridge, and it's just like but everyone's so far away, and you're wasting space. You wouldn't you waste can, space on a spaceship. Yeah, no, they 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 never figured out a good way to deal with that. But they, I mean, the original movie, you know, the movies one through six were were shot in widescreen. They didn't have 
a giant one. No, that's bridge. true. It, the bridges it, were, I mean, they were bigger than the original series television bridge. But they but still managed to look intimate. Yeah. That clearly is people working on that just were better at designing bridges for movies. I guess so. I think, yeah. Uh, I, I, I do. I, I've never... I've never had strong feelings about the Enterprise E bridge, but I'll say it's like it's not, it's not particularly memorable. In any no, way. it's it's a bit. I will say I do appreciate the captain's chair has more prominence because that's a big bugbear of mine. And I like that, like you know, uh, Riker's seat. You know, Riker has like a little, like a better little computer looked like than what yeah. he normally has, which I think disappears. He has nothing for one of the movies, but then comes back. Yeah, but in one of the movies, he gets the manual steering uh, column. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll much to look that. forward to. Oh, since we're talking about... Actually, two things. One, again, from that book I had about the making of the movies, early versions of the Enterprise E had the nacelle struts swept forward, hmm. but it was rejected because from top down, it just looked like a turkey. I saw a picture. Mm. It does, it like, does it look does. like a fucking... They called it the chicken in the pan. Like a turkey? Like, oh, no. Mm. Like one kind of like with the legs all. Say, I'll show you later. Imagine like imagine looking top down at a chicken on a on a fucking platter. One that's been plucked and and, the, and, the, oh, and the legs okay. are sticking out like this. Oh, okay, that's okay, what it you. looked like. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> one thing we haven't touched either: uh, the uniforms. They're mm. yeah. I, don't they change back again in a in a, in a movie? They no, these these, these, are, what these, with these are what they were at the end. This is what they switch to partway through Deep Space Nine. Feel like in the beginning, Picard's looked like it was over big and it looked really sloppy. It did. Okay. What I will say is, like, I, think I never noticed that shit. I yeah. slightly... like also Patrick Stewart is, is a very small man, so anything that's bigger than him will look big. I have slightly cooled on these uniforms over the years, but I will say the uh, optional tactical vest look for the captain—that's spot on. And both Patrick Stewart and. Uh, Avery Brooks rock that look very well. well. Maybe I'm thinking specifically of the vest. Do we see the vest again? Avery Brooks will see will wear the vest again in future. Okay. I don't know if Picard does. All right, but Avery Brooks will definitely like whip out the vest sometimes to be like Captain Badass. Hmm. And I like that you get a lot more color with the vest. Like this this version of the uniform, like someone could cross their arms and tilt their head down, and you have no idea what department they're in. When they're going down in the uh, speaking of clothes, I know another thing I noticed yeah, is when they nice. get at the beginning of the movie when they're first going to beam down to to Earth to check mm-hmm. out the damage, mm. they get in the elevator, and Picard says, "Computer, Earth twentieth mid twentieth century civilian attire." Actually, I don't even know if he says Earth. He may or may not. I think yeah, I think he says mid twenty first century. So. I think he just says mid twenty first century. Yeah, yeah. Does the, is the computer like, like the is is the rest of the elevator ride like which country? Mm. You know, are these. Are these, you know, rich people? Or are these poor people? Like, that'd be kind of, like that I, does not seem like enough information for the computer to make a, a, a good clothing decision. Yet somehow they, it, they were spot computer's on. Computer's been listening in. I guess so. Yeah, it's like Amazon or Google. Yeah. It does, though. That makes me think of um, one of the, you know, just one of the beautiful deconstructions that Futurama pulled in their, um, I forget the title, but the one they go back to Area 51 in the... 40s mm. and they uh you know the 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 professor and leela go down dressed like mid 20th century yes. people he's 10 years too early she's 10 years too late because <laughs> she's like a 50 sock hop person and he's like a f- like late 30s early 40s zoot suit guy nice they both so, look great they did but they were both they both stood out like well, sore that's, thumbs that's a good that, that's, I mean, really that's a funny. good joke like, yeah that's the kind of thing like you can't like fashion changes so regularly you yeah. can't just say mid 21st century Civilian attire. I don't know. I've yeah. been wearing this shirt for twenty years. Well, I mean, it should change. 
But uh, that's the, we were gonna say something. I mean, I guess I mean I'm assuming you know, DKNY isn't still in business after World War Three. Maybe probably not. Maybe that maybe the clothing choices have dwindled. Maybe that's why by the time we get to the 24th century, everyone's basically just wearing pajamas. Oh God, those clothes are hideous. I really hated Zephyrin Cochran's uh, horrible coat. Oh, the coat, yeah. I mean, it's it it just like kind the of kind of, of coat that someone like him would have, though. Even before the war. Like, it seems like a... Did it? Because it looked like... I don't even know. Like, if it was fur, it would be like some old lady's coat. I mean, it looks like it's sort of like some kind of faux wool thing. I don't know. I don't know if I love or hate his stupid little studded hat. It's, it's a bold character choice. That thing, it fits Cochrane perfectly, but possibly because anyone, it's ugly. Anyone else wearing it, you'd be like, what the fuck is this guy? But, yeah. but fucking James Cromwell wearing it, you're like, yeah, you're some eccentric, crazy science man. Wasn't even part of the costume, he just showed up wearing it. <laughs> That's his Keep that on, Jim. Mm. Of course, the of course you know, they're, uh, they're in Montana, too, right? Like, mm. So it gets cold, so he would have a hat and a coat. Yeah. I feel like he stole the coat off of the corpse of some dead punk rock kid. Okay, mm. It's also April. Yeah, but God knows what nuclear winter has done to yeah, the that's climate. True. Mm. It's been acid raining every day. Yeah. So is Zephyrin Cochran... I don't know how old James Cromwell was in this movie. I'm going to guess in his 50s, probably. Yeah, probably. When movie came out. But uh, either way, I think the implication is that he's Gen Z. <laughs> yeah, I feel like people have said that actually technically he... Cromwell was a little too old based on how old Cochrane was stated to have been when he left Earth and disappeared. Mm. Um, but fuck that. He would have been 56. Thank you. You're welcome. But even when we say that maybe he appears a little older because of... Uh, the war. New harsh conditions. You can always just go, the war. Yeah. That explains any and kind and of... And being exposed to all the freaking radiation, I'm sure he was Lily just... still looks great. Working around missiles. Well, Lily's uh, Lily's fifteen. Although you know, did, you, did anybody notice the gun that she shot at Data? It's Some a, kind of crazy machine gun. It really? was it was like a fucking Tommy gun. It was like it was it was like you'd expect it to be like an AR fifteen or some future weapon. It's something they kit bashed together. All yeah. the good weapons yeah. are gone. I would I would believe that. It was found in some Montana gun collector. Yeah, I was like, say it's like some like, antique. It's weird. Oh yeah, that that. Ooh, we were talking about this, I think, off air. It's a special effect that did not age well. Data jumping down. Uh, that is so piss poor. That is like 70s Superman flying special well, effects. Well, he like glides down. It's like he's well, made it's of fucking a... metal. He should be like bong gone down. Well, it's also like clearly just a still photo of Brent Spiner that they like down. slid. I just feel like he should have been falling faster. It felt like a really slow fall. Do you not fall. know how gravity works? Everything falls at the same speed. Fine, whatever. <laughs> but my point is, like, it feels like he was falling slower than gravity should have been propelling uh, him. Maybe that. that I mean, that's my, true. Yes. My main thing is he, that he the, put out his little sugar glider wings. And... <laughs> is that what it was? Yeah. Maybe. Again, the the matting isn't good, and also it's the fact that it's clearly just a still photo of Brent Spiner because he doesn't move at all. He's <laughs> no. just like holding that weird X pose. Yeah, and it doesn't also like pan in any way. It's just yeah. from the same angle. It's like you know, it was like they finished the board queen ones effect, and they were like, I feel. I feel like we're forgetting to do the final version. Of, ah, fuck it. <laughs> and then the movie comes out and they go, ah, fuck. <laughs> well, I think, I, you know, they probably could have gotten a stuntman to do a jump into, yeah, into, like a, into an airbag. Or yeah. But the thing is, when you jump into an airbag, you have to roll onto your back. 
so you don't, you know, you can't land on your feet. No, you're, then, you're, then your butt would come out your head. Well, yeah, but that's right. why you just, you shoot from the ground, you shoot the guy as he goes down before he has to start tucking. Yeah. And then you cut away and you cut or the you spiner. Have, or you have the camera lifted so he goes by. Yeah, and then you have Spiner jump off a crate and go, I've landed! But they probably have also had limited space in that silo to... And they yeah. probably weren't going to want to build... No, you don't un- do it in the silo. Well, that's the thing. I read, I read they would have composited it and it would have looked yeah. shitty like that, that final shot. I read that lighting in that silo was already fucking impossible oh, because yeah. it's so tight. Yeah. And doing all the shooting in there without much fucking room meant that, you know, Frakes and them had to literally plan every shot to be like, okay, when we're here and shooting this scene, no one can be here and no one can be here, which means two of us can be in the room together. Everyone set? Go! (laughs) Was it goofy that two little nacelles came out of the side of the No, I like them. No, I love them. They're little original Enterprise nacelles. Yeah, I I thought it was a little like orange spinny domes in the little... I thought it was cute. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, you, you can see where they're going to come up with ships in the future from this thing. Mm. And also, just at this point, nacelles are just so integral to the visual language of human warp drive that if there wasn't something there, people would be like, oh, is it moving? I mean, the Defiant doesn't have nacelles. No, I know, but the vast majority, I mean, not even just, I mean, most Klingon ships have very visible nacelles. Um, like, not the Bird of Prey. No, I was thinking of the D7 and the big blue fucker. I mean, yeah, again, other species, like, you don't see in a cell on a Ferengi ship mm-hmm. or things like that. But but overall, like, human ships have always had, like, big obvious nacelles. And, again, like, yes, realistically, they don't have to have that. But narratively, again, it's already part of this visual language yeah, we've true. come yeah, to expect. Nerd, yeah, nerds will fucking splooge when they see that. This is true. I'm splooging right now. I noticed. Sorry. What else have I got? Oh, Zephram Cochran is the only one allowed to say Star Trek without sounding idiotic. And it worked. I don't know about that. Yeah, I like, it felt a little Some gross. kind of Star Trek. I like Who would his say delivery? that? What I did Nobody. like, though, from that line, I do enjoy him calling them astronauts. Because mm. that's a term that you don't hear thrown around in Star Trek, but that is what they are. Yeah. So it, it's kind of nice to say, like, yeah, they are astronauts, aren't they? Which makes them seem a little cooler. Yeah, the that, astronauts are cool. Well, it's also, I like how, you know, they, they used they used what people from the 21st century would call certain things. Like, yeah. he says... You know, I, I, oh, I either have a hangover from the whiskey or your laser gun. Yeah. And, she, and, and, uh, Lily at one point is like, oh, it's my first ray gun. Like, yep. You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. they're, they're saying, you know, they're not using the lingo. Yeah. Uh, broke your little which ships. is, which is a smart, I mean, it's, it's obvious that they wouldn't, but it's also, it's something where I could see a, a writer fucking that up and like. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was a nice touch that they didn't fuck Definitely. that up. The little ships, at least some of them. They just bought, like, the models you could buy in the toy store and painted them gold. Nice. They look good. Yeah. In mm-hmm. fact, I, I think... miss Livingston, but, you know, okay, fine. Like, actually, the Enterprise-D that's broke... <laughs> Instead of you've broke your little ship, you've killed your little fish. No! <laughs> yeah, even the Enterprise-D, like, one of the nacelles came off in such a way that that's just how the model comes apart for packaging. <laughs> hmm. Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah, that's funny. I had that one. The nacelle just popped off. I, I don't know. I think it's that one right there, probably. Yeah, yeah we popped the nacelles off that one. Yeah, he's like, watch, crack. Yeah. And you can see, I think you can even see the little, like, that thing, the, the little, little connector. They actually made a limited edition gold one. Gold one. Oh, My okay. dad has one. Nice. That's funny. The others, they obviously probably had to, like, I don't think they ever made, like, a, an Enterprise C toy in that scale, so they probably had to build that. Well, they, they, also, they also, I mean, like, you know, round two makes plastic models that just have to be assembled, too. Mm. Did they at the time still? Or? Oh, yeah, they had, they had models for... Mm. 
But to that scale, I guess, is the question. Or, or close enough. Yeah. Because they very, you do very distinctly see an ambassador class neck. Mm. Like in high detail. So they put some effort into that. Yeah. Neat. Boy, I have an amazing ability to just really kill the conversation. Yeah, Chris. Well, you know, we've been talking, talking for a while. Whenever we ship aesthetics somehow, every time. <laughs> every time we get too deep into ship aesthetics, we're like, no, we're done. Chris is always talking Sorry. shit. Sorry. Um, That's what we should, we should give you a weekly column, and it should be called Chris Talks Ship. Ship talking with Chris. <laughs> Star Trek ship posting. Ah, that's really good. Someone actually already semi-regularly posts Aww. shipped images on there with that hashtag. Oh, okay, fine. So I'm, now that the Enterprise has this uh, magical time portal technology... We will never see it again. Oh, never mind. <laughs> wait, do they have time... Wait. I mean, they were able to... How do they get yeah, back? Yeah, how do they get back? They replicated... They said they recreated what the Borg sphere did. Yeah, uh-huh. it's like a throwaway line. But, but in reverse to go yeah. forward in line. But yeah, like, how? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Tacky. <laughs> I mean, we already, we already know the fucking slingshot around the sun thing. That's works. true. I yeah. said that. But like... only only if you have Spock on board. But we have just met a whole bunch of Vulcans. <laughs> and I wrote a note that somewhere it's established. I forget how canon this is or if it's in like Star Trek Online or something. The Vulcan who greets Zephram Cochran, his name is supposed to be Solkar. And somewhere someone decided that Uh-oh. he's the grandfather of Sarek and thus the great-grandfather of Spock. Nope, Naturally. that's dumb. I reject it. Mm, yeah. But they could tell you how to get home. <laughs> I do like, though, to think that genuinely, like, you know, when humans aren't around because they're too polite, Vulcans just curse that man's name. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, God, he had to stop and say hello Fucking to those assholes. He ruined everything. You just had, what were they doing in the system? Do they check up on the Earth like we do with the Mentakans? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. maybe yeah, There's maybe a whole were... bunch in a duck blind yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Palmer's falling out of it. Yeah. Uh, no, no, B A is a Vulcan, so it's P apostrophe L M R. Pumar. Shut up, Bobby. Oji, Oji. Yeah, Ooh, cool. Star Trek. Star. Star Trekking. And I would oh. say I definitely liked this better this time because, as you guys recall, did we see this what two summers ago? Something like that. And it was before. It was last year. Yeah, because I think that was the one we saw at the planetarium. Oh, yeah, the year before that was Galaxy Galaxy Quest. Quest. Okay, fair enough. Well, either way, I feel like this one meant a lot more because I... Have actually seen TNG now. Well, I would have seen some of it by then, but I don't think we had seen the Borg yet, and I don't... Like, I hadn't... Data was still being early days data. Yeah. And um, I really appreciated it more because I had seen, you know, the the progression of robot to man and, Mm. you know... The emotion chip. Mm. Yeah, I remember you being fairly cold on this one, and it wasn't just because you hate Bev's hair in this movie. Oh my god. That doesn't help, though. She came on screen, and I was like, oh, and here's her fucking hair. It's so bad. Yeah, it's just nice. It's the 90s. I just really don't like it. I dislike it less than I disliked it the first time, but I still don't like it. Mm. Another thing, if we forgot to mention, of course, the return of uh, Jerry Goldsmith as composer. Mm. And his son helped, because he was very, very busy. Joel, I want to say? I saw it in the credits. I can't remember. Yeah. But uh, yeah, first time since five, and uh, what's yeah, fun very pretty. is he resurrected his Klingon theme as now just Mr. Worf's theme. Yeah, Worf yeah. is fun. the prototypical Klingon. No, wait, he's not. Mm. <laughs> he's very not. No, that's Christopher Lloyd you're thinking of, <laughs> as Jake said. Mm. I do like that Klingon theme. Mm, it's very good. Yeah, and of course, you know, he brought he brought back the I well not brought back, but you know, the iconic. Star Trek The Next Generation motion picture yep. theme. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think this might have been the very first, not the first CD I ever bought, but the first like time I saw a movie and was like, ooh, I wonder if I can get the songs for this movie on a CD. And I went to the, you know, strawberries. Sam Goody or the Strawberries <laughs> or whatever, and, and they actually had the motion picture soundtrack on CD and I bought it. I was very excited. I got to admit, I got to take it back. I know one of the first things we ever posted on the Facebook page was my drunk text to you, Ames, mm-hmm. about being mad at Riker for making Zeph from Cochran turn off Magic Carpet Ride. He just said turn it down. He did, yep. I realized, like, fuck, he didn't say turn it off, Zeph. You blast that shit. Yeah, you were, you were being rude, Zephram. And the worst part is, though, just, and this I will blame on Jonathan Frakes, because this was his decision of when to do it. It's right before the, like, best part of the song kicks in. It's, like, right before the big swelling part of the chorus. It's like, dude! Yeah, but you see... Ten more seconds! Do you know what the licensing costs for Magic Carpet Ride are for a major motion picture? Well, the thing is, they did fully license it, because it was on the soundtrack cassette that I own. Yeah, I think I it was don't on the think, CD. I think it was on was the CD. Was it? Okay. But yeah, so they they got the rights enough that they were able to sell it. So I mean, fuck it, man. Run yeah. with it. I know Ubi Doobie was on the CD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it fucking sucks. terrible. It's real bad. Yes, and I remember like, again, that's a scenario where if in 1996 I had an MP3 player, I would have put, you know, the songs I wanted on and then the MP3 Ubi and Ubi. then I would never listen to Ubi Doobie. <laughs> <laughs> You're right though, Abe. Watching Cochran dance to it awkwardly is... Perfect. It's in, the perfect in, song for him to drunk flail to. In front to. of a Vulcan who gives zero shits. <laughs> that, that is when the... That was when... What did you say his name was? Solkar? That Solkar. is when Solkar knew he'd made a big fucking mistake. That's when Solkar takes a big swig of his drink. He's yes. like, oh, Jesus, it's uh, gonna when, be like this. When fucking Troy takes a swig of that drink and just fake acts as hard oh as God. she can that she doesn't like it. It's like, oh, no, no, no. We had in Generations Day to take a drink and not like it, and that life was fine. <laughs> it was a dumb joke, but he his reaction seemed genuine enough. Like, well, and the whole gross. point was that this was all new to him. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> Marina takes it. this drink and starts, like, gagging and clutching her throat and freaking out. It's like, Oh, Marina, yeah. honey. And then her drunk act was so... It was like fucking community they theater. They had no idea. <laughs> they had no <laughs> idea what to do with her this movie of it. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. The worst part is, like, before she actually started talking, like, she had the perfect, like... I have been the kind of drunk she is at first, where you're just, like... Yeah, because she, like, your whole tilts weight her head back. And she's is like, on your hand where you perched your face, and you're just like... Urgh. But then, like, once she started talking, she just overdid it. Yeah. Because that's the big key, is that drunk people are always trying to act like they're not drunk, so mm. they never actually look quite as drunk as they are. Yeah. Well, she certainly... But how, how often has she been this kind of drunk? Probably never, because really this... it's all synthahol. Yeah, they don't have this nowadays. kind of alcohol on the Enterprise. I mean, unless they, they unless do. you've got Romulan ale, but... Mm. guy has got a lot of way, but I bet, yeah, I bet Troy doesn't take it. Yeah. Wait, maybe, maybe Betazoid biology has, mm. you know, mm. who knows. Yeah. That's how they But she certainly drunk. sobered up fucking fast. Her and Cochrane. Like, they're both, like, the next scene, they're outside completely sober looking through the telescope. And it's like, oh. Yeah, it's like an hour later. It takes a hell uh, from a being... That's walk. true. From being that drunk. Well, Cochrane, I think, if he's not constantly drinking, sobers up very quickly. Well, also, You're right, though, Troy. Sobers, he sobers because of what he sees, too. I mean, I know that's He was not slurring like, a little, you're right. Like, he... it's It goes from... I'm fucking shit-faced to, holy shit, what's up there? How did you do that? But you're right, Deanna should probably still be, like, mm. half asleep. But Cochran, yeah, Cochran's liver barely exists at this stage. He's just, 
He actually, if he stops drinking, he dies. Yeah, I was just thinking that. He's probably that kind of dependent where... Well, you know, you lose your whole family in the war, and that's going to fucking kill you. Mm. New headcanon. So wait, quick question though. He and Lily aren't together at all? They're just I partners? Know. I don't like that. I never saw it's, reference. It's, they yeah, like hold there. hands at the end, so I guess I always just... Well, I mean, that's a big moment. You could write it away as that. Yeah, I it's guess. Like, I guess I just, especially the first time. The second time I questioned it more. Are you, but the are fr- you suggesting an interracial relationship? I know. It's, in it's, Star it's, Trek? It's wild. We've <laughs> seen a bunch of interspecies relationship, but those are okay. Well, and I guess I, I felt like... I know that there was not exactly the time for it, but I sort of feel like if she wasn't with Zephyrin, she would have got more than, like, a cheek kiss from Picard because they've had this whole thing. I don't know. I mean, he showed Picard is being a gentleman. He said, you know know what Picard said before he brought her into that, uh, into that little room, that little weird room with With the the space? With the, with the, with the force field window? Yeah, that's bizarre. Who knows? Whatever. You know what he said to her when he's going in there? He goes... I can show you the world. <laughs> Magic carpet ride. Not the words. Don't know the words, but I kinda know the tune. New A whole is new... gone. <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, jokes. All right. Anyway, I think we've talked. Uh, we've all talked. We've talked almost two hours. Yeah, well, well a lot I, of that we're going to lose about twenty stuff. minutes about, yeah, to shenanigans. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, I'm going to call. I'm going to Jake us out if you all don't mind. No, please. All right, everyone. Well, that was Star Trek: The Shrek Generation, Shrek Part Two, or Shrek Contact. Yeah, bad title. <laughs> they were thinking. They were thinking Star Trek Borg for a while. Oh, that's dumb. And then Star Trek that's Generations dumb. Two. Star oh. Trek: The Next Generations. Part 3, Star Trek Generations 2, Star Trek 4. I think at one point they were thinking Resurrection, they but were... then Alien Resurrection was going to come out. Yeah, that's true. And before that, Star Trek Renaissance. Oh, Starring man. Leonardo da Vinci. Jesus oh, fucking God. Oh, God. All right, Jake is out. And enjoy it, because you don't have long left. I know, I got, so I got three left. Three to go. Got to make them count. All right, well, yeah, that's all we have to say about that. So, next week you can tune in to our program and listen to us again. And until then, you can find us on Star Trek Next Generation Facebook slash Star to Steer Her By. You can also find us on Twiddler and Tumblr at Star to Steer Her By, SSHBpodcast.com slash internet. And then go to SoundCloud and Google as well as other Apple places. We are not currently available at Sam Goody, Strawberries, <clears throat> Tower Records, uh, FYE, uh, Record Town, or... Best Buy. <laughs> Best Buy, sure. Circuit City, Tweeter, etc. Leechmere. Leechmere. That was a local thing. Bradley's. Oh, God, Bradley. But, uh, but yeah, we are not available on uh, physical format, so unfortunately at this time you are going to have to download our podcast from the internet at one of the aforementioned outlets. And it, But the, on the plus side, we're also free to download if you have the internet. And if you don't have the internet, I recommend it. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> lots of porn. Coming, a lot of porn. A lot of porn. Not enough data board queen porn. Mm. 
lot of fake seven of nine porn. Oh, no. So we have that going for us. I remember there was an episode you were looking for for data yarn. Yeah. I found you some. Okay, I'll show you. Oh, I don't need it. (laughs) That was for you guys. If you have it, you you keep that close. But yeah. Yeah. Next time, it's uh, Star Trek 3. Return to the Insurrection. God, I wish it was Star Trek 3. It's Star It's Star Trek The Next Generation. Star Trek Generations 3. Jesus, Come on. Journey's Whoa. End Part 2. This is like Caitlin's intro. Come on here, Jim. Uh, <laughs> well, insurrection. I can't, I can't even argue with that. When she's right, she's right. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, until next time, my name has been Jake. This has been Chris. This has been Ames. And this is always Caitlin. Commence pre-ignition sequence. <laughs>